Hello, it's Julie Story here. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. I am recovering from this last week. If you listened last week, you knew that I had six puppies here at my house and I was planning my sister a birthday party. All of that is done now. <laughs> and it was so exhausting that my husband actually took off work yesterday just to like recoup and we just like needed time to like decompress. I had no idea the level of extraness that these six puppies were going to be. We've grown up with dogs. My mom's dog has had a litter of dogs. Turns out that when you mix a particular breed of dog, they can sometimes have the best and worst uh, attributes, which to me was completely exhausting, especially when they would wake up at two o'clock in the morning, 2.30 actually, and cry until 3.45, just all out crying. And they were fine. Like they had food, they had water, they were everything. They were just being the most extra. So they are gone. They are on their way to their new homes, which is great. We got to love on them here for a little bit. But I thought, I'd be honest, like I, it was so bittersweet seeing them leave because, you know, like I had a connection with them. But on the other hand, I was like, bye. Y'all need to go somewhere because we are tired. So that is done now. We threw my sister the most amazing, extravagant birthday party that I could muster with things that I had in my garage. Funny enough, my mom used to work at an event coordinating company. And when the, um, the owner was moving to a different city and my mom was really good friends with her. So when she was moving, she had a lot of leftover like decor and my mom just brought it all over here to my house. So I have like all of these amazing pieces that are really for parties or for events in my garage. So I pulled all those out, put them out. We dimly lit the house because I had been to this restaurant recently in town and the lighting made this huge difference. So let me just tell you, if you're planning an event at your house, get out the Christmas lights, even if it's not Christmas, get a couple lamps, just the, the lighting in the room changes the whole dynamic of the party. Like if I could tell anyone, if you're like planning a birthday or planning like something for your bestie or girls night in, Oh my gosh, dimly lit the lights, get it, get some twinkle, like Christmas lights, a couple lamps, and you are going to be good, girl. Like just that is fine. Get a ton of wine and you'll be good to go. So we had this amazing party and I actually hand painted this backdrop for um, the photo booth at this party. And this, you know, my sister's a photographer. And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to be able to use this. You know, I gave it to her as a gift. She's going to be able to use this for her photography. And like, I don't want to let it go. Like I, I love this thing. It's going to be, it's going to be in my office here for a little bit, but I was telling Andre, okay, the, I, for some reason we have created this expectation now in people in our life that when we do something extremely extra and extravagant, it is just so common now. Like my dad built 
these these two pieces of wood that come together at a 90 degree angle and then it has a chair rail and then it has a baseboard and then it has so it has all these built-in pieces that we screwed to this wall and then I hand painted it to look like you know um at the Oscars when they do those photos of the celebrities and has this amazing like kind of room that looks old and kind of disheveled that was kind of my inspiration for this 90 degree angle room wall that is sitting right now in my dining room and it's so funny because we set it up as a photo booth and so all of her friends come to the party and they were so sweet and gracious they brought tons of wine and everybody was just so sweet and they're like oh my gosh your house looks amazing this looks great but like I feel like nobody even noticed that this like there's this hand-painted thing that was there and they're just like okay let's take photos like I think it's just because they expect like they're just like okay it's gonna be like Julie's story thing it's gonna be extra it's gonna be over the top like what else you know what like if I had Cirque du Soleil here they probably just would have been like oh great party like like they're gonna have been trapeze artists like flying through my living room and they probably just would have been like oh this is lovely thank you so much for the invite and like I don't know it's just really funny so I was hand painting this wall while having puppies here and the only thing that I could think of when I had six puppies here was that there are women out there who have had multiple babies at the same time and I really feel like because I've had two newborns really close together my kids are 18 months apart so they're Irish twins I believe way down deep in my heart with all of the memories that I can muster that puppies are way more difficult than newborns because at least with newborns if they're crying you can just hold them but with puppies if all six of them are crying um what do you do because if you let them in your backyard they will run around and I don't know get into naughty puppy trouble so that is what I'm recovering from so in our recovery this is where I'm going with this story Andre, I, I told Andre, I said, let me take you out with some of the money that we made from hosting these adorable newborns, six of them in our house. Let me take you out like a celebration of we did it, we made it, we had sleepless nights for two weeks, and we still love each other, and he was so cute. He said, if we can do six puppies, we can do a newborn, which by the way, I told you in the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago that I was going to talk about the baby thing. So I'm going to pause my out to dinner story for a moment because I don't want to skip over the baby thing again because everybody always asks us if we are going to have a baby. And we've had strangers come up to us while we're at Walmart. And people are so, like, for all the the things that go on in this world that make me sad, these moments, like, make me realize there are really sweet people in the world. But they came up to us and they said, you both are so gorgeous. Like, please tell me that you have a child or you're going to have a child. Like, and it's, it's, that is so humbling to me because I've always felt like, like the ugly duckling. Like I've never felt like, oh yes, I have arrived. I'm the prettiest girl at the ball. Never, ever. But I do feel that way about my husband because I can see, I have eyes to see. Okay. He looks like Lenny Kravitz. He is stunningly attractive and he's so attractive. I'm going off on side stories, but I understand this is why you're here. He's so attractive that at the time that I was getting to know him, I um, 
I was trying to hook him up with my friend because I'm like my friend was like told my friend I was like he's so good looking he's so amazing but like I just didn't see it for myself yet I was seeing it for like oh my gosh this guy's really good looking he's really funny like he would be a great guy to date and for whatever reason I wasn't thinking for me but anyway I ended up I ended up with the goodness so this is not the first time that somebody has come up to us and said you guys need to have children I've had People comment on Instagram, not on Instagram, on Facebook saying, please, it is genetically imperative that you guys have children. And it's so, like, it's so sweet. Like, it's so sweet. I feel like if we did have a baby, this baby would have so much, like, expectation just to be, like, drop-dead gorgeous because everyone's like, oh my gosh, you'd have the most gorgeous child. And of course, I feel like we would, but... So we are not at the baby place right now. We are, you know, building and getting, you know, getting our family um, melded. You know, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about blended families and maybe it's just because I need to get out more. Okay, like maybe I just, I work from home and I don't listen to enough podcasts and I'm too busy watching makeup tutorials. I need to get out in the world. But um, it's, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about blended families from a perspective of, you know, Andre is marrying into a dynamic, the three of us, the thankful three is what I called us, hashtag thankful three, hashtag story mornings on my Instagram. We, we are a thing and we were a thing for a really long time. Like I was single forever. Andre always teases me because he thinks I'm just like dramatic about it. I was single for like um, ever. So my son was 18 months old when I got separated from my ex-husband. And then I got, when I married Andre, my son was six or seven. Gosh, I don't even know. Andre's really good at numbers. I'm just over here like blending eyeshadow and being ridiculous. I don't remember. So we um we're 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 still coming together as a unit and and now my kids are entering in to puberty and so there's a lot of like complex emotions and things like that and so i had my kids really really young i was 19 years old when i had my daughter so i am at this stage now where my kids can buckle their seat belts do you remember when this happened with your children it is like you just hear angels entering the atmosphere of your life when your kids can buckle their own seatbelts or like when they wake up and can make their own breakfast. Now, my children still choose to not exercise this tremendous ability that they have, but I'm in this phase where it's like they're really independent, right? And I'm and I'm learning about myself and I'm loving it. And so I I think eventually we will end up having another one, but it's not the time. It, I am just loving life right now so much that I just feel like I just, I want to, I want to continue on enjoying where we're at right now before we add more. And we're just, we're building and we're still melding together as a family and all that stuff is amazing. Even after three years, there's still, um, a process, like they're still getting to know Andre, even though Andre has been in their life longer then he wasn't in their life. Um, we're still just all coming together, and it's amazing. Like married life, and you know him as a as a dad is awesome, and it's great. But we're just we're just not there, and that's where we're at. So uh, it's so sweet when people are they they want us to have children because mixed babies are so cute. 
they really are i mean i'm not gonna lie like they're so cute and i think our kids would be so cute but we are not there right now so last night we were at dinner at the place that actually inspired me to have a dimly lit room we found um, a friend of mine introduced us to this place in town and imagine it's got black walls and black ceiling and gold accents and like probably 30 crystal chandeliers that are all unique so it's a very swanky chic um they play this amazing like jazz music contemporary jazz music and they have these beautiful old photographs all over the wall and it's really dimly lit and so i was thinking this is the vibe i want for the party so we went there yesterday to unwind from the week of puppies and parties which when you say it like that it sounds extraordinary like who would not want a week of puppies like parties and pizza and wine like it was really great but we were just really tired from being up all night with the newborn babies so we're sitting there and Andre and I we are the king and queen of like deep conversations. This is what happens when you marry introverts together. Like we just go to these like crazy deep places. And it was funny because after the conversation, I was thinking, gosh, we should just like turn on audio sometime and just, we'll just talk to each other and just let you guys kind of like be a fly on the wall. Because the things that that he says and the, the way we go back and forth, like it's really interesting and engaging. And I just get so much like life out of these deep conversations. But we were talking about goals and I was sitting there and I was wanting to write out goals because I realized what what keeps happening in my life is that if I don't have a really clearly defined vision and kind of written down what it is that I'm working towards, even with these books that I'm writing and various things I want to do with my business and just the different outlets I'm in, when an opportunity comes along, I don't look at what the opportunity is going to cost the other areas in my life that have a focus. And what I've found is that I go through seasons and I have so many different notebooks of like, I've written down goals and then the notebook is lost. I've written down things I want to do and then it's like not in front of me. And I've gone through like waves of seasons where I'm like really good about this is what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. And then it kind of like tinkers off and then it kind of goes off. And then I'm like, where was that notebook? Where was that goal? And I was just like, you know what? Like I, I need to have this in front of me. So we set aside this time to go to this swanky restaurant we're like let's just sit and snack and dream and that didn't happen because we for a really good reason so I'm sitting there and I I just start like spilling my guts to my husband and like I one of the things that I coming out of a a marriage that fell apart one of the things that was really really valuable to me in my relationship with Andre was that I knew from the very beginning beginning of our relationship, I had to feel comfortable with being absolutely uncomfortably honest. And I started our relationship this way. I just said everything, like every concern I could possibly think of. If it came into my mind, I said it, of course, honorably and respectfully because I just respect the heck out of my husband. But I just made this like inner vow in my mind. I said, if I can't be gut level honest with somebody and they can't take it, then this probably isn't going to work. 
And Andre could totally take it. So we're sitting there and we start talking about um, just past things that have come up in our life and past patterns that I've had in my life and things that I've struggled with. And I'm just like gut level honest. I mean, it's just like my heart is all over the table, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I'm just sharing just kind of where I'm at and where I've been and things that I'm realizing about some like negative patterns I've had in my life. And he is the most like gracious, amazing man ever. Like, I don't know how he takes it. I don't know how he gets up. He just is like, he just finally like sat back in the middle of the conversation. And he was just like, I am so proud of you. And I'm thinking, I just shared like all of this craziness. Like, what are you talking about that you're proud of me? Like, this is crazy in my mind. This pattern is crazy in my life. Like, what are you talking about? But he was just saying like, he was so proud of, of my journey. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Like, who are you? Why are you this amazing? But um, in the middle of that, he said this like amazing, profound thing. And he said, um, he's been watching Ianla change my life. Like, this is how awesome my husband is. In his free time, when I go to bed early at like nine, because I'm 87 years old, he stays up and watches like Ianla change my life and like Brene Brown and like TD Jakes. And he's been learning about stories and how impactful stories are. And it's just, it's always funny to me because it's my last name. And that's, that is my, um, that is my stage name, if you will. Um, but that's not his last name. And so my last name is Story. His last name is actually French and I can't pronounce it correctly. This is terrible. Like, <laughs> please do not judge me right now. So my husband's last name is French and I've been working on it for five years learning how to say it. It's La Lama. I, I don't think that's right. It's spelled L-A-M-O-U-T-H-E. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I just spell it right? And I can't pronounce it correctly and nobody can pronounce it correctly. And it's, this is a tangent on a sidebar. I, t- I've been telling people this for three years. Like I said, you know, I'm going to add his name to my name. Story is going to be like my stage name, my star name, my brand name, if you will. And I always tell people I can't pronounce his last name correctly. And it's so funny because every single time I say that people that know him, will look at me and say, oh, you can't say Lamoth, which is not how you say his last name. It's how it's spelled. And so every single time that this happens, I'm standing there in front of people I know, and I have to like correct them. Like, that's not actually like, no, that's not how you say it. But they think that I cannot say his name but they can say it, but I like, it's just, it's just a moment. It's just a funny thing that always makes me smile because I'm like, no, y'all, the reason I can't say it is because it's actually really hard to pronounce and it's not the way that it's spelled, but you're so cute that like you're helping me anyway. So, um, so he's been learning a lot about stories and how, and how stories, um, they really change how you see things and they really can teach you so much. And of course, me as a writer and me as somebody who I tell stories for a living, this is what I do. I help people tell stories. I write stories that connect people to other people. I, in ghost writing for my clients and also like in my own brand and on my, like this is what I do. I, stories is my life. I'm in stories. I'm just like knee deep in stories. So he's been learning about, 
how stories really impact other people. And so in the middle of this deep conversation where I'm like spilling my guts, he like pauses and he's like so, um, he's so gentle and kind and soft and I'm so like loud and I don't think I'm abrasive, but it just, my personality is so much stronger than his. But when he like commands, his presence like commands your attention, not in a demanding way, but in a, oh my gosh, you're about to drop wisdom like it's hot. And so he says to me, what stories have you been telling yourself that have kept you in these patterns? And it's like, I mean, what do you say to, it was so like profound because I'm wanting to write down my goals and my dreams and I'm realizing I've had these cycles, these patterns in my life where I just keep wandering around the same mountain and he he was listening to the language I was using and all these different things and I realized I have been telling myself narratives. I've been telling myself these stories that have kept me in these patterns and they have kept me from moving forward. It's almost like, when you get in a whirlpool almost, you know, like you're going along in your little row, rowboat and you get in this whirlpool and all of a sudden you start, instead of like trying to get out of the whirlpool, you just start like putting your oar in the water and helping yourself continue in this circle. And that's what some of the narratives some of the stories in my mind that I've been saying. And what's funny is that I went there to talk about to this place. I went there to talk about vision because I read this book by this woman called Terry Savelle Foy, and she talks about vision and dreams. And when we hear this word vision, it sounds so ethereal to me, and it's and dreams sound so like ethereal. And so Andre and I sorted out that vision, another word for vision is really story. Whatever story that you're telling yourself is the direction you're gonna go. And I remember telling him about this moment in our dating life, and we haven't gotten to this point in our story, but I'll give you a little sneak peek. But in our dating life, I um, broke up with him, and I'll tell you more about that in part three of our of our love story, but I broke up with him. And um, it was really traumatic, and I knew almost immediately that I had made an incredibly insane decision to do that, and I wanted to like undo that decision instantaneously but the way that his temperament is he was like nah girl like you 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 walked out on this like we're good we're done and I still wanted to be really close friends with him because he was my best friend and he's like you know no like we're we're good like you didn't you don't want to be with me that's fine like we're gonna move on and I was like no we're not moving on but in any case I was trying really hard to like get him back or just like to spend time with him and all this stuff and he wasn't having it and so I remember sitting down at my kitchen table and I had this notebook in front of me and I decided that I was going to prophetically write out the story that I wanted instead of what was actually happening in my life and so I sat down and I wrote out and I tried to find it this morning in my um my journals I couldn't find it I have no idea where this journal is and I'm like kicking myself because I really want to read what I wrote but I wrote down something to the effect of like Andre and I are going to be together and our story is going to impact the nation and our you know like our our legacy and like our our lives together matter and our story is going to help so many different people so i wrote out this kind of one page new story and i was like this is prophetically what i want that we're going to come together and our lives are going to like introduce people to another part of who god is and it wasn't long after that that i got um 
I got a, a phone call and, and, and the story played out where we, we ended up getting back together and I'll talk about that more. I don't want to like, I don't want to spoil it for you. Like it's kind of like opening up the middle of our book and being like, hey, let me read to you a chapter. But, um, but we ended up getting back together obviously and it was amazing and it was it was a complete reboot like all the fear and anxiety of what what had been in our relationship before was gone it was like we completely started over as our authentic selves and it was amazing so and it wasn't long after that that I'm like put a ring on it because I'm good like this is it this is what I want forever so we're sitting there yesterday and we're talking about stories and about these narratives and he poses this question like what are these stories that you've been telling yourself and you've been keeping yourself in this this kind of you know pattern and I realized that I can write out vision and lists and all these things all day long but if I never look back and confront the story of the past like what happened in my past and if I if I never allow myself to grieve the past because there's so much of my life that have been surviving. I'm going to, I'm going to reduplicate those patterns. And, um, we realized that there was such a huge part of our lives that we were taught, um, together in the past six years that it's not okay to look back at your story. Like you don't need to do that. Don't do that because that's going to make you feel shame and that's going to, that's going to be like kind of like introspective. And I, I definitely think that being introspective is not healthy and it doesn't heal you because you're going back looking at your past through the lens of um, where you failed instead of the lens of reflection. And so we were really taught that ignore your past and sit and wait for your future to happen. And and I told Andre last night, I said, you know, it really makes me feel powerless to have that mindset of sitting around waiting for something to happen. And, and of course that was, you know, underneath some umbrellas of religion and, and kind of, uh, misappropriation of some really great concepts. It was a twisting of some really amazing spiritual concepts, but we just were really, um, we were really settled in this idea that, you know, the past happened, you just, you heal, you move on, you keep going. Instead of understanding that there are themes in our stories and things that are on repeat and where do we need to kind of look back and reflecting on our past behavior and say, gosh, I, I, I rushed through that season. I didn't give my heart enough time to process that. And because of that, I just took the old patterns of behavior forward. I dressed them up as something new. And now I'm trying to, to apply them to my life now. And it's creating the same exact over and over again. And it's so immature and it's so ridiculous and we just didn't take enough time to like slow the heck down to realize it. And it it goes back to, again, you know, we just, we get so busy and we're dealing with so many different, different things and we have so many different trauma and craziness in our life. We have so much that's just like going on, like six puppies in our house that we don't, we don't slow down long enough to go, what in the world? Why did I make that decision? And the dogs were actually like, there was a revelation in the dogs. There was such a revelation in these dogs. Like it's so crazy how if you're looking for it, you're going to find different things that come up. But I realized that I 
I'm so like ambitious and I'm such a, like a, I just will do, like I will work myself into the ground. I will push myself past a healthy limit of life to accomplish something. And I realized because I do this because there was so much ingrained in me that, that, um, there's a, there's an element, um, a scaffolding, if you will, in my life that I believe that my value is in producing and performing and accomplishing. And I realized that, oh my gosh, like I will push myself past my own boundaries to perform or produce because I believe somewhere in me that my value comes in not who I am, but what I'm able to produce and perform. And I realized that that's been reiterated in my life when I haven't had a very clear yeses and nos in my life, I haven't had a clear vision. I haven't had a fa- like a foundation. This is why I wanted to do this with my husband last night. I haven't had these core um, goals set out in my life. So I just take on a thousand yeses instead of protecting um, my my best yeses because I believe somewhere inside of me that my value comes in producing and it's been reiterated when people come into my life and they see my giftings or they see my abilities and they say I want some of that for my life please please do this thing for me I am in need and without you my life will be harder and I don't want that for people I want everybody to be happy and I want everyone to have their best life and I want I want to help everybody and I've done that at the expense of my own dreams and my own self and my own um, mental health. And I think that's what Andre and I really realized. Like we were so out of balance that we didn't have enough time in our life where we were sitting down at swanky, dimly lit restaurants, snacking on appetizers, where we just sat and talked and reflected about some of the patterns that we have in our life. And some of these crazy choices that we make, and we don't even realize that we're making them, and we feel like our life is just like moving forward without us instead of like calming the heck down and saying, wait a second, why am I making this choice? Why am I telling myself this story in my life? So Andre said, you know, you can rewrite the narrative. And as we were talking, I felt like, oh my gosh, this makes me feel so powerful to step into my own life and say, Here's the pattern that I don't like. And I'm going to completely revamp it. I'm going to tell myself a different story. I'm going to rewrite my story. Okay. And I'm an author, so I can do that. Like, I'm going to tell myself a different story, just like I did with him, and like prophetically writing out this is what I actually want in my life. I'm going to do that with these areas. And I just felt like that was, that was too good to not share with you. Like that was, that was too good not to include the whole class. Like everybody come in, like we all need to like look at some of these things in our life and reflect intelligently and blame intelligently and forgive ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves. Like what is going on? I, I, um, in the process of trying to find this story where I rewrote, um, I rewrote the story about Andre. I was looking through my journals and like it's it's heartbreaking for me to look back sometimes because there's this one journal that I found. And this is going to go really deep really quick. So just I'm glad they're here. Thanks for being here. I hope they have coffee while we're like going to these deep places now. 
Um, gosh, like I spent so much of my life, like hating so many different parts of my body. And there's this one journal that's like the ode to body hate. It's terrible. Like reading it, it just, it, I really felt like in order for me to heal, what I needed to do was get skinnier. And like, I feel like there, there are other areas of my life, like, oh, the, what will heal my issues with whatever is when the issue isn't there anymore. Like, no, like what will heal is like getting freaking honest and realizing that there are faulty thought patterns that I have that need to be like eradicated. Okay, so this whole journal that's just like about food and about my body and like all this craziness. And I'm looking back now and I'm just thinking, girl, girl, I just want to hug you. Like you do not need to do it. Like you are worthy. Like you are worthy right now with your stretch out skin from your babies because they were so just like looking back at these journals, I just, I just felt in my heart for like me before, like my daughter said something so cute this week. I asked her a question about at something and she said that, that is for a future Lelia. Like I can't deal with that right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to use that. Like this is for future Julie. But past Julie, I just want to like hug her. And I think that that's why our stories and like what we've gone through are so relevant because we can have compassion for ourselves and like what we've gone through and, and let ourselves slow down enough to like feel if we didn't feel the pain in that moment. And and I definitely like, I feel like I don't want to do this without God, but just going back to the story that we've experienced in the trauma and just like allowing ourselves a moment to say holy crap like we went through that but dang it like we got through it and like we made it to the other side and there's huge parts of my story where it was so much survival that I never sat down and just processed it because there was so much just like going on and just practically you know, just living life and having two little kids and being young and, you know, starting a business and all these things, there was definitely hurts and trauma that I never went back to. I just kind of like, oh, well, I survived it. Like I just put a bandaid on it. And, um, I think one of the things that I really believe, you know, after the last seven years, six years of different things that I've gone through is that I feel like, Sometimes Christians don't understand how to let people be in process and let people be in the middle of their pain and in the middle of their hurt. And I feel like um, sometimes we, you know, as community, um, even I think even people that aren't, you know, aren't Christians, like we, we want people to not be in pain. And so when we see someone in pain, we just want to solve their problem. And so we start kind of throwing things at them to kind of like fix it. I don't know if you ever seen that video online, this like YouTube video where the guy and the the guy and the girl are sitting on the couch, their husband and wife, and you see the back of the woman's head and, and you just see the husband's face as the woman's talking and she just keeps saying things like I just, I'm in so much pain. I just, I'm in so much pain. I, there's so like, oh, I just have a pounding headache all the time and this and that. And she's going on and on and on about the pain in her head and how she has headaches all the time. 
And you see the husband's face. He's just looking at her very confused. And the camera pulls away. And you see that the woman is sitting there with a nail, like, sticking out of her forehead. And it's not gruesome or gory. It's just kind of, like, it's 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 just kind of, like, there as, like, a point of, of reference of, like, it's obvious the reason why she has a headache is because she has a nail in her head. And the husband looks at her and says, well, you, you, you have a, you have a nail, like, in your head. And the woman's like, this is not about the nail. Okay, like, this is about, like, I have a headache and all you want to do is fix the problem. I just want to talk about my feelings. And the, and the husband's like, well, if you just took out the nail, then you wouldn't have the problem. And I tell you that story because I feel like we, people, Christians, like, we come into someone's problem and we just, like, start throwing like ideas at them of like, this is what you need to do. And, and I feel like in that, sometimes we miss compassion and we miss empathy and we miss sitting with someone in their pain and just saying, gosh, like, I I'm so sorry that you're in pain. Like, what is it that you need right now? My husband taught me this and it just is like mind blowing to me. And I, I, I exercise this with my children all the time now, but he says to me, like, what is it that you need? What does your heart need right now? Um, instead of assuming the need. Um, and, I, and I think it's been really painful for me is when I've, I've told parts of my story, there's been people that with great intentions assume my need. And instead of listening to my story and sitting with me in the middle of the valley, they will come at me with solutions to the problem instead of just sitting with me and, you know, kind of emotionally saying, I understand that you're in process and you're in pain and I want to let you know I'm not leaving your side and I'm going to be right here with you and just kind of being that person. And it makes, um, when that's not happening, gosh, it makes the journey so much more difficult because it's almost like, and I told Andre this last night, it's almost like I have felt like I needed to clean myself up and get myself together and not be in journey, not be in pain, not be in trauma, not have dirt on the hem of my garment in order to be worthy of community or worthy to like even go to God. And I feel like like I we have all these ideas and systems and tools and all these different things that we've learned and I've learned that has made me feel like I have to be my own position I'm on the operating table operating on myself because I don't want anyone to see that I'm cut open because as soon as they see that I'm cut open, they start talking about how I shouldn't have been in the place where I got the trauma or if I was, if I was more like spiritual, I wouldn't have even gotten the trauma or the reason why I have the trauma is because I wasn't spiritual and all these things and it's like, I realized that I I want to be this person in people's lives that like when they're on the operating table, I'm holding their hand and I'm realizing that like I am not the physician, like God's the only one that can suture us up right, y'all, like that that is the honest truth. And so I feel like as I've been like processing some of the stuff that I've walked through, I'm like, gosh, like I want to learn, I want to be in people's lives. That person that one admits where there's been trauma and just being honest, like, it doesn't matter how close you are to God. Like we walk through stuff. And I was thinking about today as I was writing my Instagram post, I'm thinking about like, gosh, like the greatest of greats in this country, in the world, in the history of life, they went through stuff 
And why have we gotten to this place where maybe it's social media, maybe it's because we don't want people to think we're afraid of people's judgments. We've gotten to this place where we're like, we don't want people to know we've had surgery. We don't want people to know that like we had to like, we went through something that like cut us open and like we're so afraid of people knowing that we're not put together or whatever. And I've just gotten to a place of like what happens when we hide the trauma is that when people find out that there has been trauma, now we have a whole nother issue to deal with because we've, we have not stewarded the hearts in front of us because we presented a facade and we presented a, you know, a, a, a tower made out of cards and those towers will always crumble. And so I think what I've realized is like, gosh, like even on social media, even building a brand, if I can show up authentic, if I can show up real and say, you know what, guys, like I have been on the operating table for two and a half years and I love Jesus, but I'm going to get a counselor and I'm going to see them today. Like if I can show up authentic, I feel like it's going to breathe life on other people that that can just say, you know what? It is okay. Like you went through something. You went through, You like you made a bad decision, but you know what? That is like learn from it, grow from it, like pull, you know, pull up your britches, honey. And like, just, it's okay. Like you're going to be okay. You, you are not alone. And I think that that's what, like, I, I like, I feel like I'm carrying this, like this, I don't know, like not a prophetic baby, but like, I'm carrying this, this unction in me now. That's like, if I can just show up real and say, I don't have it together. Okay. Like <laughs> there are white hairs growing on my head so hard. You can see them from a mile away. And I'm 31 because I have been through some stuff. I have been through stuff. And what I've realized is that with like hitting my coffee cup again, you guys know, <laughs> sitting here drinking coffee and when I get so riled up, I just knock stuff over like the dog is shaking, but that's okay because that's what I want to show up as. I want to show up as I've been through stuff and there's stuff that is that involves other people that I'm not, I don't want to out anybody. I don't want to, I don't ever want to throw anybody underneath the bus, but I want to tell my story. I want to tell the story that I've walked through. I want to tell the pain that I've been through. And yes, it involves other people, but I want to share what I've learned and what, where I've grown because I need it. I need other people to show up real and authentic and raw. I need other people to be genuine. I need other people to say, you know what? I cried this week and a couple of days ago I cried a whole lot because I was really overwhelmed. But you know what? That's okay. And it's okay to like have moments where we're breaking down and it's okay to have moments where we're like, you know what? I've I've been believing an alternate narrative that I need to believe. So that's part of the reason I'm here. Ridiculous stories and honest stories and authenticity and let me just tell you. There is going to be there's more there's more coming. There is more coming because I, gosh like it is it's not fair it's not fair to to not um to not show up authentic and does that mean we have to share every gruesome gory detail with everyone in our lives and do podcasts about all the deep things no but it does mean that if if we have inside of us the passion and the unction and the the desire to open ourselves up that we need to be really open. And so that's what I'm going to do. That's why I'm here. So thank you for listening. And I hope that you take some time this week to like think about some of the narratives of your own stories that you've been sharing and like some of the own, some of your own, um, 
gosh, past journeys and past stories. Like I, I just, I hope that you take time to reflect and to not like to be really gentle with yourself because you're sacred and that your heart is such a sacred space and like be willing to forgive who needs to be forgiven and be willing to forgive your past self. And like, gosh, I even believe if you need to use your imagination, just just, like go hug your younger self and just say like, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through it. And like replace some of those old stories with like new ones in your life. Like I just say, go do it. I hope that you take time to do that for yourself today, not only for yourself, but for your family. And more than anything, I just realized like the, the more that I walk this out and talk this out, like this is therapeutic for me. Like sharing my stories is so therapeutic. Like it helps me process it. But the more that I'm sharing my stories, the more that I'm giving permission to other people to share their stories and to, to show up real and say, you know what? I don't have it together. I'm on, you know, I'm on the operating table right now. I got a morphine drip of Jesus because it hurts a lot. And, and we're just going to walk it out and heal together. And we're going to survive by coffee and, you know, ridiculous YouTube videos. And that's okay. And, um, you know, I just... I just really, really honor stories and I feel like I'm seeing stories completely differently. And as I'm learning more about stories and the power of story, I want, I want to, to be open and share that with you. So thank you for listening. I I would absolutely be completely honored to hear about your stories and to hear more about you. And, um, please feel free to send me over a note an Instagram, a message through the podcast app. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you again soon. Have an amazing story, amazing story filled day. Okay. Okay.